0: This is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lodge Number no. 2, and I am here speaking on the level with Joel Birch. Joel, can you start out by telling me your name, the name of your
1: home blue lodge, and any offices or titles you have related to that lodge? My name is Joel Birch. I have been marshal with Arizona Number no. 2. That's my home lodge. And uh, currently, I don't have a chair, so I don't have a position right now.
0: And are you in any other appendant bodies? Any other Masonic bodies? No. No. Okay. When did you when were you raised as a Mason and how long have you been a Mason?
1: Six twenty four fourteen. Oh wow. Exactly. <laughs> did you know the time? What time? Joel? Hey. <laughs> no, I don't know exactly the time, but uh Jim Raleigh remembered the exact time. Um Anyway. So a little over a year, you're uh a
0: little over a year and a half, you're coming up on uh two years.
1: And I've already spent one year in a chair. Wow,
0: that's impressive. So. <laughs> my first year just kind of went by and I didn't know what the heck was going on. So why uh, Arizona number two? How did you end up at Arizona number two?
1: The uh, girlfriend I had at the time, um, I was spending a lot of time after work at her house. I worked downtown. The lodge is downtown. Her place is downtown. So it just fit with my social life in general that it would be downtown.
0: Location was convenient? Yes. When I, did you first become aware of this thing called Freemasonry?
1: Uh, the, the girlfriend I spoke of belonged to an appendant body. She belongs to the social order of the Bocion. And I would go to her social events that her appendant body had as she was an officer and through them I met the husbands of the women that were in her social group. And by the nature of the social group, they were Masons. And she belonged to the national body as well as the one that met in my same lodge building. And so I got to travel as their national meets in different cities throughout the U.S. every year. So the first one was in Indianapolis and I went simply because the group was going to take a tour of the museum in the middle of the Indy racetrack. Oh, wow, that's cool. And that was my draw. And as I went, I met other Masons, and when the women were off doing their their uh, work, whatever they were doing, because it was their event, the men had time on their hands and there were social activities that we Went to as a group, and I got to meet these men and saw how they interacted with people that they might see once a year, might never have met before. And I was impressed with the behavior. And, you know, sometimes you get groups of guys together and things turn raucous or whatever. And these guys were always gentlemen. And this impressed me. And uh, the following year, we went to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania and we got to do some neat social things, and I saw some more of the same guys. And I thought, well, this is this is neat stuff. So therein lies my lead into masonry. Um, so how long did
0: it take, when you went to uh, started hanging out at these Boseon events, how long was it from that time you started getting involved to the time that you decided you wanted to be a mason? About a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. It's
1: relatively quick compared to some other people. I've talked to a lot of people. It could be five years. But those guys probably didn't get immersed with another group of about 15 other Masons. <laughs> right. And be able to go hang out with them for almost a week. Right. Um, every day. Different guys. So um, my uh, my immersion in that drew me in and... Uh, My girlfriend at the time, um, her husband was doing time. And because he was doing time, the lodge somehow learned about it, and he was booted out. So it didn't conflict, because I didn't become a mason until after he got booted out. (laughs) So, you know, there are those rules that you're not to, you know, involve yourself with another Mason's
0: like wife, widow, widow, daughter, widow. that right. sort of thing.
1: And and uh, anyway, so uh, he went out, I came in, and uh, he has since passed. And uh, she's still involved, not to the degree she was involved with the Social Order of Beauseant. And uh, I made Master Mason before I went on another trip, to another city with her with the social order of the boseon so
0: you do a fair amount of traveling
1: they say as a Mason you're a traveling man,
0: <laughs> and you are a traveling um, man. so tell me in your travels can you can you share a, a interesting memory or a fun story or anything
1: my first line signer Joe Cortez wonderful man um, was uh, walking with a cane and not always at the best of health and when we went to uh, Harrisburg, um, in our downtime, um, I like when I travel to go to Harley da- Davidson dealerships and pick up a shirt because it's a traveling postcard. I can wear it and everybody can see where I've been. He was interested. And we got to go to the York assembly plant where they build Harleys. Right. They had a wheelchair. He sat in the chair while I pushed him through the plant on a tour. It was the pinnacle of the trip for him because he got to go on the tour of the plant because they had a wheelchair
0: ready for him. He
1: was afraid he was not going to be able to do it because he wasn't going to be able to walk that distance, and it it was just so neat to be able to push him through the museum. Well, not the museum. I'm sorry. We did museums, but through the... Actual attempt, plant where they the, build the boat, The plant where they walk you through and, and uh, show you how they put all this stuff together. And uh, he was afraid he was going to sit in a hotel room and not have any fun. And here he was going through the Harley-Davidson plant. He didn't have any idea what he was going to do that when he went on the trip because that was my thing, not his.
0: Right.
1: But he thought that was really neat. And as my first line signer, that was neat. And... He has since passed, so that is a memory that I have that I can always cherish.
0: We got to talk to his wife, Leilani. She was one of the early interviews I did, actually. That was kind of neat. wonderful woman. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. Any, any uh, funny? You know, I, I find often Masons are a little bit of pranksters. Any funny stories you can think of, or any any uh, funny things that have happened to you?
1: Um, no, nothing. Nothing that happened to me as far as pranks go. No. No.
0: Tell me about uh, this building, and one of the things I'm always impressed with is this uh, Masonic temple in downtown Phoenix. What did you think the first time you came in here?
1: Oh, I love old buildings. My own house is almost 90 years old, Well, wow. so coming into this building was natural for me. Um, it, was, it was the icing on the cake when I chose to join when I walked in here and saw how old this building was. Um, the church that I have attended for many years in Glendale on the National Historic Registry, an old church. Um, so I'm I'm drawn to old buildings, and this building is full of character. So
0: It's very special. Yeah. Speaking of character, I guess you mentioned Joe, and I don't know if he would be your answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Can you tell me, is there... A mason that stands out to you that kind of embodies the ideals of what we talk about in Freemasonry, or just someone who really had a big impact on you becoming a mason or continuing to be a mason.
1: Well, my my mentor when I came in, um, you're supposed to be assigned a mentor quickly. I was not, and as I progressed through the the meeting, you know, the, you come down to dinner and at consecutive dinners I would be greeted by various masons and how is it going and I would say well I need a mentor and uh the master of the lodge stepped up and said I'll be your mentor and I was really taken aback that, that the man who has so much on his plate who is is in charge of everything for that particular year would take the time for a mentor. And that was Michael DiGiacomo.
0: Whose name has come up several times in these interviews.
1: And it really impressed me that he was that busy yet would take the time for me. And he explained to me that as a mentor, he was always my mentor. I did not know that coming through with each degree I would have the same mentor. And he assured me that he would always be there for me.
0: And he's good at that. Yes. Very good. Yes. Any uh, any other stories or closing thoughts you want to share?
1: They say you get out what you put in. I'm trying to put in a lot. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Joel, thanks for talking to me today. Thank you.